chains, though. You got the phone. Pick it up. Call me. How come we don't even talk no more? And you don't even call no more? We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we hug no more. And I heard it through the grapevine. We even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. Ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. We family in a damn thing. Kof at the Kof, man. It is no holds barred. Today's program, we are bringing the heat. We are bringing the fire. On the program today, we've got AFL football. Toby Green lands in hot water again. How did GWS recover from this? We've got the US Open wrap. Nadal wins Grand Slam number 19. Labor Cup coming up this week. And we'll break down... Richmond v Geelong and Collingwood versus GWS. Who's going to be taking place in the AFL Grand Final 2019? It's an all-action-packed show here. This is no holds barred. We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we are no more. And I heard it through the grapevine. We even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. Ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. And we are back in the studio. Yes, this is Jade Colf at the Colf Man No Holds Barred Sports Podcast. We've got an action-packed episode, plenty to talk about with the AFL season coming to a conclusion, things really heating up. Uh, GWS really under the pump now with the Toby Green uh, news came through early this morning, uh, given a one-week ban for his uh, another one of his little uh, discrepancies. He can't seem to keep himself out of trouble, is Green. I think that's something like 19 times up to the tribunal. Uh, very, very impressive rap sheet from Toby Green. We're going to be talking AFL, GWS taking on Collingwood and... We've got Richmond and Geelong uh, this weekend. Big Tom Hawkins out as well for his brain fade there the other night uh, against the West Coast Eagles. Very silly from big uh, Tommy Boy. He cost his, uh, cost his teammates dearly. We'll be talking a little bit, little bit about that. We've got US Open breakdown. Rafa Nadal wins his 19th major taking out the young Russian upstart Medvedev in an absolute all-timer almost five hours on court and five sets you just love to see those finals we'll break that down a little bit and we'll talk about Serena Williams's loss again another grand slam loss from uh, Bianca Andriscu the 19 year old Canadian Uh, we have a new star uh, on the horizon, I first saw Bianca in January in Melbourne at the Australian Open on Court 16. More about that. Uh, it's a heck of a story. Uh, we've got Labor Cup uh, this weekend. We will touch on that too. Team World versus Team Europe. But we're going to start the show with the news on Toby Green and GWS. This guy cannot seem to keep himself out of trouble Uh Given one week for his, well, 
really, I don't really don't know how to describe it. It's um, stupidity more than anything. He was in hot water the week before uh, with the Marcus Bontempelli incident, and, and it probably looked worse than it did this week. Uh, you know, escaping with a, a seven thousand five hundred dollar fine. Um, so really dodged a bullet there, uh, and for Green to get himself in exactly the same situation and more hot water uh, uh, than he did the week before. It's just absolutely nothing but brain fade, nothing but absolute real stupidity. And he has put his club under all kinds of pressure now. He's, uh, he's in super form. He's very, very important to, uh, to what they do and the way they go about their business. He gives them a real edge. Uh, he, uh, he, plays, he plays on the edge. He plays on the uh, uh, plays on the edge of uh, really, uh, you know, going over the top. Uh, and yeah, if anything, it looks like this is uh, he's been rubbed out just for uh, the amount of times that he's really been up. There's been uh, huge scrutiny, huge uproar, uh, big back- backlash. Now they are going to appeal this uh, this decision, and you know, I could probably see him getting off. I reckon it's fifty fifty in terms of. Whether whether he gets off and is allowed to play this week, um, clearly they wanted to make an example of him. Look, I think the guy gets one week just for being uh, just for being stupid, just for being completely ridiculous, um, and you know, really being involved in something that he should never have been involved in. He was the third man in, and Lockie Neal came up holding his eyes. He had his hands in there for no reason whatsoever. Just a real pest. Uh, is green and uh, he pays the price and looks like he may sit out uh, this week uh, against against Collingwood it'll be a massive out for the GWS uh, is arguably their most important player and news that has just came in this afternoon that Lockie Whitfield uh, looks like he may miss as well he's got uh, he may have a uh, an, an appendix uh, issue, I believe it is. He has to have his, his uh, uh, appendix out, something he has to have surgery. So he looks like he's not going to be involved uh, in the contest either. So Green out, uh, Whitfield out, uh, two of their top five players, I think, without a doubt. Green gives them, um, gives them that toughness, gives them that edge that uh, all teams need this time of the year. And, and Lockie Whitfield, Playing off a halfback flank gives them absolute silky smooth ball delivery and, uh, you know, incredible gut running and just a, a real uh, a real week that the GWS Giants did not need. And Coach Nathan Buckley and Collingwood will be sitting back absolutely lapping this up. They've had the week off the pies. Um, they're going to be in, going into this contest uh, pretty much almost at full strength. Uh they're full of class, the Pies. They've got Jeremy Howe back there in the back line. Uh, Darcy Moore as well. Um, you know, their list stacks up and their brand stacks up. Uh, Steel Sidebottom, Pendleberry, uh, Taylor Adams has, has been uh, sensational in the finals. Uh, Trelaw, the list goes on and on. They are primed uh, to make another run at this AFL Premiership. And uh, the GWS another preliminary final and they've got nothing but controversy to really uh, to really uh, to, to get through uh, a little bit of adversity uh, this week 
And I definitely believe the Pies uh, are looking the goods here in this one there. They're going to be my pick to, to move into the grand final and play uh, possibly uh, Richmond or Geelong. But Toby Green, yep, absolute stupidity. Cost your team. Um, I, for GWS's sake, I, you know, I really hope he gets off. Yeah, I think it's a 50-50 call when they go to the tribunal and uh, they take it up to the, to the appeals board. But um, probably deserving of the, the one week. And let that be a lesson out there that when you're playing a team game, um, you've got to be mentally switched on and have the right mindset. Otherwise, you, uh, you pay the price. And we've seen it before. Green uh, really should have taken note the week before. And uh, he really had no business being involved in there. And uh, I think ultimately the GWS are going to pay the price and a long season will come to an end against uh, the Collingwood Magpies uh, this weekend. Up next, we'll take a look at the Richmond and Geelong. Tom Hawkins uh, has uh, has been suspended. He'll be out. We will talk more about that. And then we've got... Tennis, we've got US Open, we've got Labor Cup, it's all going on. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Yeah, Toby Green. Just got to wake up to himself. Can't be getting rubbed out and suspended going rogue all the time. He's too important of a player for that team. If they want to win a flag, he needs to be on the park. Simple as that. In saying that, we're moving on. Richmond versus Geelong this weekend. This is another mouth-watering contest. And Tom Hawkins won't be taking part. A brain fade from Tom against the West Coast Eagles and he'll be watching from the sidelines and Geelong really already up against it taking on this Richmond outfit that are absolutely frothing at the mouth to win another flag to redeem their preliminary final uh, meltdown or shock last year against the Pies and they were completely rabid a fortnight ago against the Brisbane Lions just their run, their carry. They play frantic kamikaze-style football. And, uh, you know, Geelong going into this contest, uh, we're going to be up against it, really, anyway. Uh, and now Tom Hawkins, the uh, the All-Australian full forward, uh, will be out because of a brain fade. Now, I say All-Australian full forward, I really don't think he should have been voted uh, All-Australian full forward. I think that, that should have went to Ben Brown. That's another show altogether. Benny Brown from North Melbourne. But Hawkins won't be taking part and uh, they need to figure out how they're going to kick uh, a winning score against this uh, against this powerful Richmond outfit. And Radigalia was impressive there the other night playing the uh, the deep forward role. But now they need to find another tall forward uh, to come in, or do they play small and uh, and and really try and uh, and and really look look at uh, a little bit more speed uh, on the outside, a little bit uh, more up and under, uh, maybe play a small forward uh, in that role. So they've got to do some re uh, some re jigging, and it's really not ideal uh, for the coaching staff of the Cats. And 
You know, Richmond, uh, Dusty Martin kicking six there the other week in a powerful display up forward. Uh, they are clicking on all cylinders the week off. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Jack Rewalt. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, Dusty Martin in, uh, in ominous form. Uh, you know, they are set, Richmond are set uh, to advance through to another grand final uh, this week. And, uh, you know, the Cats, they finished on top of the ladder. Uh, I'm not too sure they have the speed or, or the outside run to uh, really compete with Richmond, but it's all about Hawkins. What was he thinking when that uh, that ball was 30, 35 to 40 yards away uh, and he threw the roundhouse arm, clipping Schofield, dropped him uh, dropped him like a, a sack of potatoes, and he was lucky not to get uh, more than one. I think that was a, at least a three or four weaker. Uh, absolutely blatant contact. Uh, and I think it was just a scenario of uh, because we're in finals, uh, all of a sudden the match review panel get a little bit sensitive uh, about uh, about rubbing guys out. They want the best players on the park. But the bottom line is this. If the best players are carrying on like thugs and you know knocking guys down behind play or, or raking eyes or, or just being a real menace, well, you sit on the sidelines. You pay the, you pay the price. It's really as simple as that. You're a professional athlete. You've got to have the mentality and the mindset to, to, to just play footy uh, because there's too much on the line in a, in a team game. And, you know, these guys have cost their, cost their teammates. Hawkins, as I said, it was a three or four weaker, and they've given him one um, really on the proviso that uh, if they make the grand final that he will take his place. Now, um, you know, they've got to get through uh, Richmond this weekend, and uh, they're going to play this powerful Richmond uh, lineup on the uh, on on the MCG. We know Geelong of uh, in terms of finishing on top of the ladder couldn't get that home game for uh, you know to play the play the home final. They played their first one on the MCG. They looked frighteningly slow against uh, really against the Pies. The the ten point outcome in favour of Collingwood really was uh, flattering for the Cats. They were absolutely diabolical and pedestrian, uh, playing a, a slow uh, kick-the-ball-down-the-line uh, brand of football, which was not easy to watch. Uh, they bounced back against West Coast, but West Coast really didn't have the hunger uh, that they had last year. You could see that. They were kind of spluttering all year long, playing inconsistent footy, and West Coast... Uh, off to a shocking start there the other night against the Cats. They put in a howler. They made a they made a fight back. Really only played probably a quarter and a half. A good solid footy. Got their nose in front, but then um, you know we're really overpowered in the last uh, the last quarter against the Cats. And West Coast just didn't have the hunger. That they really didn't. Uh, and uh, they paid the price. And uh, you know so this week Geelong, what kind of brand do they bring to the table? I think they go the smaller. Bring in a smaller player uh, for Hawkins and go all out speed because this kamikaze Richmond uh, brand of footy is absolutely breathtaking to watch. And these guys are hungry. And uh, you know Geelong are going to have to make this a war. Otherwise, uh, they are going to be in all sorts of trouble and they will be out uh, of the finals early. Uh, once again, a lot of pressure on this Geelong team uh, to get the job done. But I think Richmond's confidence uh, really 
is at uh, an absolute all-time high, going for something like 10 or 11 wins in a row. Uh, and their record at the MCG is absolutely formidable. And uh, Tommy Hawkins really needs to uh, well apologise to his teammates and, uh, and, and the Geelong fans, uh, for starters, because that brain fade really at this time of the year uh, is absolutely inexcusable and he really has nobody else to blame but himself. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Band. This is No Holds Barred. Hawkins. Absolute brain fade. I mean, I just don't get it. You work hard all year long to get yourself in a position to play in a grand final. And you play a great game, things are going well, and you have a brain fade, whack a guy 40 yards off the ball, and now you've got to sit out against the hottest team in all of football, in the Tigers. Just silly. Are we going to segue on to some tennis and World Tennis US Open completed in the books in New York? And it was that man, Rafael Nadal, in an absolute humdinger of a battle with Dani Medvedev of Russia. And this thing went almost five hours. What a match. And Medvedev is the real deal. He had a brilliant American summer. Losing only a couple of matches. He lost the final two. Lost a final at 500 level to Kyrgios. Lost another final at 1,000 level to Nadal. And then lost the US Open final to Nadal. He played a lot of tennis. And... Uh, for him to make the final and to go down 6-4 in the fifth set, a uh, huge effort from the young Russian, and he is will be around for quite a while. Uh, this has been on the cards, and he is a Grand Slam threat. An amazing two-hand backhand, very similar to Novak Djokovic. Not much can go wrong with that shot. Straight back, straight through. He's got a bomb on the first serve, but what I like most about him is he, it's just his mentality. He's just not like these other young guys and, and goes off the, the brain. He's very uh, very steady uh, mentally. Uh, it gives you absolutely nothing, and uh, he's only going to get stronger. And uh, he's not to be underestimated anymore. I uh, had a lot of people talking about, geez, he doesn't, even, he doesn't look like a an elite athlete or a world-class tennis player. He looks more like a computer technician. But this guy is the real deal, and I believe he will win slams. He is going to be a major winner, and he was very close to getting the job done against Nadal. Nadal basically fell over the line. Uh, He was up against it. Start of the fifth set, Medvedev just took his foot off the pedal a little bit, got a little bit passive from the back of the court. Instead of, uh, he took some pace off, was really hoping for Nadal to miss. And it was enough for Nadal to jump out 
uh, to a 5-2 lead in that fifth set because the intensity from Medvedev just went away a little bit, just slightly. We're talking about small margins here, and he couldn't run down uh, the Spanish superstar. So Nadal moves on to 19 majors. Uh, he looks strong throughout the uh, the two weeks, uh, and he moves on to uh, the Laver Cup, uh, which will be taking place uh, this weekend. We'll, we'll get into more about that. Uh, a little bit later on on the show, we'll talk about the, the lineups of Team World and, and Team Europe and what's going to go down on the third instalment of uh, the Laver Cup. And uh, it should be a beauty. But Nadal moves to 19 and he is uh, a real, real threat uh, to pass Roger Federer, uh, who was on 20 slams. Uh, come the French Open next year, these two could be tied up. And uh, it is a real concern for the Swiss maestro, uh, that is for sure. Um, and it may come down to he's, he's blown quite a few uh, few major championships as Federer, uh, losing match points in semifinals. The Wimbledon one could come back to haunt him. He had match points against Novak Djokovic at Wimbledon, went down in a, in a five-set uh, all-timer, led 40-15 uh, and serving. And uh, you've really got to take advantage of these opportunities. And when it's all said and done uh, and uh, the end of their careers, Nadal could well uh, could well be the guy that uh, sits atop the, uh, the major trophies and the Grand Slam uh, record books for uh, individual singles titles. Because the French Open uh, come next year, uh, it would be, be a brave man to bet against uh, the Spanish uh, superstar in the Dale. But Medvedev is for real. He will be around for a while. And uh, it was an absolute all-timer of a final there in New York. Well done to both men. Up next, we will talk... About the women's final, Serena Williams and Bianca Andrescu. Williams pulls up short again. I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you what I saw uh, in January this year in Melbourne on court 16 in round one. Yes, indeed, it was Andrescu, the Canadian star. Uh, but she wasn't a recognised star then. But she had superstar written all over her. We're going to come back and talk about that. We'll talk about Novak Djokovic and his injury in uh, in New York. Uh, what to expect from him and Roger Federer losing to Grigor Dimitrov. He was he'll be taking place in uh, the Labor Cup, of course, this weekend. This is Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. This is no holds barred. Yeah, Medvedev, who would have thought out of those guys? Alex Zverev has taken a step back. He looked like the uh, the real charger to, to impact and, and break through the big three. Kyrgios, crazy. We know what he brings to the table. Funny to watch, highly entertaining, but just straight up crazy. Medvedev, he's steady, calm, focused, 
very robotic about the way he goes about it. But look, I think uh, I think we're looking at a major a major winner here. Women's final: Serena Williams and Bianca Andreescu. And Williams pulls up short once again, goes down to the Canadian sensation. The 19-year-old wins her first major and the first major by any tennis player in the country of Canada. These guys, uh, Canada has been uh, on the map, exploded onto the map over the last probably three to five years. Big Milos Raonic was really the first guy Um to blaze his way up the rankings, but now they have a stable of youngsters led by this young lady, Bianca Andrescu. They have Denis Shapovalov, Felix Alamassim as well. Uh, the youngster who is, I think he's in the top, maybe the top 20 now. He was def- definitely the top 25. And uh, he is, uh, him and Shapovalov, Things are looking very, very healthy uh, for the men's the men's game uh, for Canada. And what about this girl, Andrescu, who wins the U.S. Open, coming from nowhere? A lot of people will think that she's come from nowhere when, when really, look, she's had a, a, an astonishing year, something like thirty-two and four uh, on the season. And I first saw uh, Andrescu uh, in Melbourne January uh, this year, 2019 at the Australian Open. I was just out. uh, This is how the story goes. I was just out uh, walking around the outside courts. Uh, I think it may have been on the Monday or the Tuesday of uh, the event. And she was out there on court 16 on the very far court there on the outside grounds uh, there at Melbourne Park. And, And... I said I was just doing the rounds, uh, just passing some time, uh, waiting for uh, the next uh, crop of men's matches to go on, and out there on court 16, and she was playing a first-round match, and I probably only stopped for five, maybe seven minutes, and the only reason why I stopped was because uh, I saw her there, and uh, obviously I'd never... Uh, never heard of her uh, name before or, or seen her play. I looked at the scoreboard and saw that she was from Canada and I thought straight away, oh, we've got another uh, Canadian player here. Looked her up on the uh, on the WTA rankings and she was well outside the top 100 in the world. I think about 120 in the world rankings at the time. But what I did see was next to her name was her age and she was just 18 years of age and I was blown away. I could see within... Um, you know, just a handful of points in that first round match that um, how athletic she was, how explosive she was uh, and the confidence that she had uh, within herself with her, just with her presence. You could just see it, it was oozing out of her and yeah, what I saw there, I looked and she'd come through the qualifying, won a couple of qualifying matches and she, uh, yeah, she looked the real deal. Uh, So I come out of that uh, only hung around for about seven minutes, um, really caught my eye, walked off, went about my business, and then went and uh, watched her round two match 
And, uh, you know, I made the call. She went down in uh, a tough three-setter. Looked like she was really out of gas by then with two tough qualifying matches, a tough first rounder. I think the first rounder may have gone deep into the third. And um, she went down and ran out of legs in uh, in round number two uh, against uh, one of the seeded girls. One of the, I think it was the... Uh, what I mean, the Ukrainian girl, uh, one of the Ukrainian girls. But uh, yeah, I, from what I saw, the writing was on the wall. I called it out and said, keep your eye on this girl. Um, she's going to fly up the rankings and I think she could be a future star. And uh, since that day, she, as I said, she's gone something like 32 and 4 on the season. She's won uh, a couple of 1,000 events, uh, Masters events. She won the one in Canada at home. Um, she won one leading into the U.S. Open, and now she's taken out the U.S. Open. Um, so no surprise uh, from myself. Um, people uh, would have seen her for the very first time in uh, in New York, and um, yep, she is well and truly the real deal. Strong, athletic, uh, a powerful presence, uh, but not only that though, uh, shows fantastic resilience and uh, mental focus and determination. She is tough as nails and full of character, and that is what you need uh, you know, in all areas uh, of sport. It's not just about the talent or the athleticism. It's about the uh, what's inside, and she has got uh, plenty of that, plenty of resilience, plenty of uh, determination, and she showed that against Williams uh, because things were unraveling there in the second set. Uh, you know, as Williams made her charge, and it just showed what Bianca Andrescu is all about. As she was, she was able to close that out, and a new star uh, has uh, emerged on the in the women's game, and it is exciting. The women's game uh, is very, very open now, and uh, that is exciting for uh, for Canadian tennis, but also uh, women's tennis uh, in general. So that is the Andrescu story. I called it out uh, and it has occurred. It has happened uh, sooner than I thought, I will admit, but great to see as well um, because who doesn't like to uh, predict what will go down and it occurs. So well done to Andrescu, well done to Tennis Canada and well done uh, to, to, uh, for the women's game. It's fantastic. Up next, we are going to talk about the Labor Cup taking place in Geneva over the weekend starting Friday. Team World, Team Europe. I'm going to break down the players and what will go down. This is Jade Colf at The Colf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. And we are back on the show, No Holds Barred Sports Podcast with the Colf man, Jade Colf. And the Labor Cup taking place in Geneva this weekend starts tomorrow. It's, uh, it's a quick fire event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's only in its third installment uh, is the Labor Cup. Uh, I think... It, Roger Federer, it was uh, his uh, his idea to uh, to have an event that honours uh, Rod Laver. We know how uh, 
highly he speaks and uh, always talks about the, the past champions uh, of the game. And uh, it was really, um, yeah, Federer's brainchild, I believe. I believe he has a, a huge stake in the Labor Cup uh, with some other uh, with some other significant uh, uh, investors, I believe it is. And uh, last year, I believe it was held in Chicago. This year in uh, Geneva in Switzerland. It'll be played indoors. And uh, Team World versus Team Europe and... A lot of, uh, when you're getting conversations about people about the Labor Cup, some uh, traditionalists, they don't like it. Uh, Some do like it. Uh, When I first uh, was made aware of the Labor Cup a couple of seasons ago, a couple of tour seasons ago, wasn't really sure about it. Um, But I think it's got legs. I think it's a good concept. A little bit of of team tennis, a little bit of, uh, you know, over a weekend uh, with Davis Cup format changing, I don't know how, uh, if that's going to really stick uh, long term. Uh, the Davis Cup format, uh, there was nothing wrong with it, but basically it's been done uh, due to money. Not too sure how that will pan out. The, the Davis Cup format now we have uh, looking at one week uh, at the end of the year, all teams come together, all nations come together, only best of three sets, so there's no home and away ties. Really uh, takes away from what Davis Cup was all about. But I think this Labor Cup has got legs. I think it uh, can be something that sticks on the calendar. Uh, I think people, uh, you know, over a weekend where you bring the best uh, the best players uh, in Europe and, and um, obviously you have a world team as well. Um, it really depends to see once Federer uh, retires from the game, you know, if there's any interest, Federer, Nadal, you know, these kind of players, Djokovic won't be taking part uh, in this Labor Cup, recovering from injury, that shoulder injury that uh, that he first showed at the US Open there, uh, going down in the fourth round to, to Stanley Varinka. So no Novak. But you take a look at Team Europe, and the lineup is uh, that you've got Rafa Nadal uh, taking place, uh, taking part, Roger Federer, Dominic Team. Alex Verev and Stefanos Sissipas for Team Europe and Team World. Uh, I really had to look at this twice because this looks like a total mismatch on paper. John Isner, Milos Raonic, Crazy Man Nick Kyrgios, Taylor Fritz, Denis Shapovalov, and Jack Sock. So those are the teams and... When I saw the names of uh, Fritz, Taylor Fritz, and Jack Sock, really uh, Team World, uh, well, basically they're up against it. You look at the, the powerful lineup of Team Europe, as I said, Federer and Nadal, obviously the, the two big names there. And then you have, uh, you know, Zverev and uh, Dominic Team as well. And Sissipas has cemented himself into the top 10. Um, but besides, uh, really, besides uh, uh, Kyrgios uh, on there on Team World, uh, you're really looking up against it. It looks like a, it looks like a mismatch. So um, really don't know what the, uh, the situation is there. Team World, I thought, um, could be a, a little bit stronger.
because you take a look at that roster and let's take a look at those matchups. Nadal, Isner, mismatch. Federer, Rayonic, mismatch. Team, Kyrgios, probably 50-50. Zverev, Fritz, mismatch. Sissipas, Shapovalov, maybe 50-50. And then you've got, uh, you know, Jack Sock for Team World there, who's he's outside the top 200 in the world in in singles. Um, so he could only really be used for for doubles. Um, he is just so far off the radar singles wise. Jack Sock, it's um, you know he's he's not even um, shouldn't really even be at the event. Let's be honest. Um, and I forgot the the guy there for Team Europe, uh, the Italian Fabio Fognini, uh, top 15 player actually. Uh, broke into the top 10 in the middle of this year during the clay court season. So looking at the rosters, uh, Team Europe, uh, it's really Team Europe by how much? Uh, and um, But uh, they've got some bombers there. Kyrgios can bomb it down. Rayanich, Isna, and, um, and Shapovalov. He's, uh, he is uh, an explosive offensive uh, talent. Doesn't play enough defense for my liking. That's why he's not in the top 10. Um, as hasn't developed that part of his game. But um, it gets underway in uh, in Geneva uh, on Friday. We'll run through till Sunday and uh, the Labor Cup and um, Team Europe. You would expect to, to get the job done with uh, Federer and Nadal. Um, looking at those teams there, uh, Kyrgios uh, is going to have to produce something special um, to carry uh, that singles roster there. Um, you know, he's more than capable of doing that. Is curious, but as we know, uh, he's highly volatile. He likes the team concept. He seems to have uh, played better, more mentally engaged uh, during the Labor Cup uh, of previous campaigns, as well as Davis Cup. It's like when he's out there by himself on an island, uh, he's really uh, unpredictable, take it or leave it. But if he's in a situation where his performance and uh, his mental attitude uh, is... is is based around letting uh, letting a team down or, or letting other players down. He seems to have a little a little bit more care with his performances out there. So, um, you know, I'm expecting big things from Kyrgios this weekend uh, at the Labor Cup. If not, if he doesn't produce his very best, uh, it's going to be all one-way traffic. One would suspect for the powerful Team Europe uh, lineup because they are littered with absolute superstars all the way through. Um, headlined by, obviously, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Up next, we are going to wrap up the show. We are going to combine two segments. We're going we're to talk some hoops, uh, a little bit of uh, World Cup basketball in China, and we will also uh, bring you the Colf face. Uh, the Colf face this, on this episode was going to be on Toby Green and Tom Hawkins for their... Uh, selfishness and stupidity, their brain meltdowns, which have cost their clubs. I think Green will probably get off. I think the AFL will uh, will go weak uh, with the tribunal with that appeal and and let him play. Uh, seeing Lockie Whitfield is out with that appendix problem, that appendix issue. Uh, the the AFL and the match review panel, they've been nothing but absolutely ordinary all season long, and I expect them to to throw this out. Uh, due to the backlash and 
Look, the, the match review panel in the AFL are soft. It's really as simple as that. They stand for nothing. They uh, they don't stand for anything at all. They've been inconsistent and they've made absolute uh, balls ups of uh, massive uh, uh, on on all, on all kinds of issues this year long. And um, so I expect Green to play. But up next, we've got hoops World Cup from China. We're going to wrap up the show and we're going to get into the coal face and. Uh, the USA basketball team, uh, they are going to be on the coal face. More of that after this break. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, the Laver Cup. I think it's got legs. I think it's got legs. I think it uh, over a weekend, like the concept, team concept. I think more, more team, uh, team events at the at the highest level. The, the, the Davis Cup scenario is a tragedy. It's disgusting, actually. I believe it will come back to its old format, but until then, I like uh, I like the Laver Cup concept to. To kind of fill that uh, that void over a weekend, get the get some of the best players, and because it's such an individual sport, you know, outside of the slams, Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, you've got to create some buzz, got to create some uh, some excitement. And I think this Labor Cup uh, has the potential to do that. Welcome back. No holds barred sports podcast. Jade Colf at the Colf Man. Been a been an action packed episode. It really has, and we are going to wrap things up. We are going to talk some hoops, and obviously, being the off season of uh, off season of the NBA, the World Cup uh, of basketball over there in China has been taking place over the last few weeks, and the Australian national team. Pulled up short on a medal once again, finishing fourth. Uh, that was devastating how they lost the uh, the semi-final to Spain. Double overtime, had some chances. Paddy Mills missed uh, a free throw late. A couple of dubious calls once again that went Spain's way against us. And uh, big Andrew Bogut uh, really, uh, really opened up and unleashed on what he thought about that. But... Uh, could have gone either way, and then we lost the uh, the medal game to France. Beat France in the pool, the pool game scenario, but lost in the uh, the one that mattered for the medal. I think the boys were out of juice; they were they were out of gas for sure. Um, but uh, look, Tokyo Olympics uh, with some uh, add some um, some NBA stars there. Possible Simmons to take uh, to take his spot. Uh, he obviously will make a difference, and I think there's every chance that they can compete for a uh, a medal there and get that uh, that coveted first medal in uh, in Olympics or World Championships or, or World Cup uh, World Cups of basketball. Um, but Spain won the gold medal, and uh, you know they beat Argentina there in the gold medal game. But what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Team USA here. Uh, on the last segment of this show, and we're going to uh, finish the show with the coal face. Yes, the coal face, and it was going to be 
on Toby Green and Tom Hawkins for their stupidity and uh, lack of having a brain. Uh, they won't be taking place in the, the major preliminary finals this weekend. Uh, that's their own fault. Uh, I think Green may still get off because of the softness of the AFL and the, the match review panel system. They are, they are appealing. That'll go up uh, against the appeals board tonight. I think you'll get off. Um, but uh, should have been just given a week. Uh, just for stupidity, um, how many times have you got to go up and and get rubbed out before you learn your lesson? But you know to do it uh, in the finals, absolutely, uh, you know, absolute brain fade from Green. But the coal face today, Team USA, and Team USA came over here, plenty of hype as usual, and they played the Boomers in uh, a, a doubleheader there in. Uh, in Melbourne over a weekend, and they were highly criticised for not bringing out the their stars: LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know James Harden, Russell Westbrook. The list goes on and on. And they basically came out to Australia with a makeshift lineup. And Australia got them uh, out of the two games. Australia got them in uh, in game number two, and it was their first loss in something like sixty five international uh, international games. And going into the world, uh, the World Cup in China, well, the USA just uh, completely, completely fell apart. And is it any surprise? They had uh, Greg Popovich uh, as the head coach. Steve Kerr was on his coaching staff as one of the assistants. Um, they got the coaching right. There's no doubt about that. Um, Popovich, for as um, as grumpy and how how. Uh, how boring he can be, and Steve Kerr, you can't deny their success with San Antonio and the Golden State Warriors, but the team that they brought out was probably a, a third or, or fourth uh, fourth grade team uh, unit, uh, with Donovan Mitchell probably being their, uh, their biggest uh, star, I guess you could say. Um, he, uh, he wouldn't even be... Uh, if they brought out LeBron, Durant, Harden, Westbrook and, and their, their top blue chippers or their A graders, you know, Mitchell probably wouldn't even make the team. Uh, you had other guys in there like Jason Tatum. I think he uh, he has tremendous upside. Um, but you look at some of these names, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics, is he comes off the bench for his club team, for the Boston Celtics. And, and some nights is lucky to even get playing time. You've got Mason Plumley. Yes, you heard that name correctly. Mason Plumley on the national team. Joe Harris. Joe Harris. I hadn't even really heard of this guy. I think I believe he was uh, a part of the, the the bench mob for the Brooklyn uh, Nets there last year, who really overachieved and uh, you know made the playoffs. But Joe Harris uh, was one of their three point bombers. Um, trying to think who the other guy was from San Antonio, White, uh, White for San Antonio, who apparently is starting in front of Paddy Mills, which is a joke, out and out joke. I think Mills is being wasted there in San Antonio and, and um, you know, needs to needs to leave. I think he could be a, a possible 20-point uh, scorer and maybe 8, 9, 10 assists uh, at a club such as, you know, Charlotte or Washington or one of these clubs that um, where he could be ball dominant. Um but some of the players that they brought out, as I said, Harris, Plumley, 
Um, Marcus Smart, White. Um, trying to think some of the bigs that they had out there. They had Lopez. Uh, look, uh, you know, for Team USA, it's no surprise that you uh, not only did not win the gold medal, but you didn't even medal or or, or make uh, make it any one of the the major the major finals. Uh, you know, losing badly to uh, lost to the French, I think, which knocked them out. Then they lost to Serbia uh, as well. So, you know, the coalface, when you're bringing out players such as Marcus Smart, Mason Plumley, and Joe Harris, Joe Harris, you don't, you don't uh, deserve to really be in the conversation uh, as the world's best. It's embarrassing. Um, but not only that, though, it's disrespectful uh, to, the, to those other teams that um, you know, brought their best international players. And the United States, they pulled up way short. You could see the other teams were hungrier. The other teams played team basketball. And the other teams were just, they were basically just better to watch. They were all in. Team USA were never all in. And that's why you're on the cold face today. Uh, you know, Mason Plumley um, can go back to his bench role there in the United States. Marcus Smart can hope that he gets another contract um, with the Boston Celtics. Um, Smart needs to go and work on his uh, three-point shooting in the offseason. Uh, and and Joe Harris, well, um, you know, really Joe Harris wearing a, a Team USA jersey. Uh, it really had disaster written all over it. And Team USA and their mediocre squad. Today, you have copped the Colf face. Simple as that. Up next, we're going to wrap up the show. We will talk about uh, what's coming up next when the next episode will be launched. We've got plenty of sport going on. This is Jade Colf at The Colf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Well, Team USA, obvious, obvious cold face there. Jeez, what, they finish? They finish seventh? Yeah. They finish seventh at that World Cup in China. Lost to Serbia, and I think they only just scraped past Poland to finish seventh. So, got some work to do. Team USA before the 2020 Olympics. So, should be interesting. Need to get there. Their act together, their top liners in. Because Plumley, Smart, and Harris are not going to cut the mustard, let me tell you. Well, what a show. What an action packed show. No holds barred. Plenty going on. We'll be back uh, on Sunday to wrap up both preliminary finals AFL, Richmond, and Geelong, GWS, and Collingwood. Uh, expect Toby Green to get off. Expect him to play. And. Uh, we will uh, also talk about the Labor Cup there on Sunday as well. And the NFL is up and about and in full flight. Tom Brady going absolutely crazy. The Patriots looking red hot early on. We'll be bringing you some NFL action on the next round of games. This has been Jade Kolf at The Kolf Man. You've been listening to No Holds Barred. We'll see you on Sunday. You gotta fall. Pick it up. Call me. How come we don't?
keep in touch at all And I don't even feel the same love when we are no more And I heard it through the grapevine, we even beefing now After all the years we've been down, ain't no way no how This bullshit can't be true, we family, ain't a damn thing changed Unless it's so you So full of life and vibrant side by side Wherever you was riding, I went so close Almost for some Bonnie and Clyde shit When Ronnie died, you was right by my side With a shoulder to cry on, a tissue to wipe my eyes And a bucket to catch every tear I cried inside it You even had the same type of childhood I did Sometimes I just wanna know why Is it the deuce that came to yours and mine? I survived it You ran the streets, I nine to five it We grew up, grew apart as time went by us Then I blew up to both yours and mine surprises now I feel a vibe, I just can't describe it Much as your pride tries to hide it Your cold, your touch, it's just like ice in your eyes There's a look of resentment, I can sense it and I don't like it How come we don't even talk no more? And you don't even call no more? We don't barely keep in touch at all And I don't even feel the same love when we are no more And I heard it through the grapevine, we even beefing now After all the years we've been down, ain't no way no how This bullshit can't be true, we the podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm new. That's anchor.fm new to get started.